Bonjour. How's it going? All right. Comment t'appelles-tu? Uh, je m'appelle David. <laughs> <laughs> that was taking you right back to high school there, wasn't it? <laughs> high school, aye, definitely. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Zero percent of its revenue from Hamful Gath. Hamful, can't say that. It would need to go full time, and it would mean extra money and all that kind of thing. So, I I'll, I'll just drop that out because it's all a shite. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Your host. <laughs> my old host. <laughs> my old host, I don't know. <laughs> exactly, old ghost I feel like. No, Derek, I'm here and it's been a long time since we've recorded. We keep saying this, there's been a lot of stuff happening in the... Uh, personal lives and things like that that couldn't be avoided but we are back we said that we were going to come back and do one final podcast of the season the season seems to have been finished a, a decade ago now by the time we're, we're putting this out but no i'm happy to, happy to be here derek and ready to talk all things rangers yes it has been a while i think it was the third of may the last time a pod, main podcast came out so right. it's been a while and when dave said things happening in our personal lives it doesn't actually mean dave being on holiday for a change uh, exactly no that's coming next week derek so we may as well go down the tunnel and onto the pitch So I've got five games to cover. Don't worry, we're not going to go into them in great depth because probably nobody cares by this point <laughs> as well. So because I certainly don't remember half the shit that went on anyway, even though I've got notes for some of the games. So there's without- really only there's really only one game that I would like to talk about in the last five games, Derek, but we'll get Aye. it. Aye, well, yes. So the first game was on Sunday the 7th of May. It was a 1-0-1 at home against Aberdeen. Now, it was obviously the first game after the split. Off the back of the League Cup semi-final defeat against Celtic, we made five changes, notably Robbie McCrory, Ridvan Matondo and Sakala all starting. So really pleased for Robbie McCrory there. Yeah, a bit time that he got a wee chance, Derek. He's been waiting in the wings a long time, understudy Alan McGregor for so long, and with really nothing to play for, Derek, why not put him in? Yeah, exactly. Also, the SFA left it up to the clubs to do this or not, and duly we done it, as uh, God Save the King It was played at the start of the game as well, in commemoration of the coronation of the king. Yes. Great to see we've still kept up that tradition and also we've got a, a, a portrait of the king in place of the queen now as well in the dressing yeah, room. That's correct. So the first half, as usual, we've seen the same half all season long. Lots of possession, slack at the back and in the midfield. Had a few more chances this time up front, but nothing clear cut. McCrory yeah. was the standout in the first half. Matondo... Ridvan and Cantwell all impressed in the first half. Suter had to come on as well for the injured Davis in the first half. And that kind of kept him out for the rest of the season, Dave, didn't it? Yeah, it certainly did. But also saw the re-emergence of John Suter, which is what we've been looking for as well, Derek. So, you know, bad news for Davies, good news for Suter. Yes. Second half, it was a bit more of the same. Sakala scores, but it was offside. McCrory had a fantastic save from a header. Wright came on with around 25 minutes to go and impressed. Cantwell got the goal with a stunning volley, and I think it was yeah. about the 64th minute, into the back of the net from a corner from Tavernier as well. A brilliant goal by Cantwell. It was a match-winning goal, Derek. It really was. As, as, as you say, it was going to either take a, a moment of brilliance or a moment of you know a complete fluke to score in this game because Aberdeen were uh, as usual backs to the wall, and it was a piece of absolute genius from the uh, Todd Cantwell. There, tremendous goal for him. Yes, so a difficult game for us. Aberdeen obviously still had the third place to play for at that time as well, but we knew it was going to be a difficult game. Aberdeen always raised their their game for us. As we've seen in the next game, they got absolutely horsed against Celtic as well. So, glad to get the three points, even though it was a meaningless game ultimately. Yeah, yeah. 
There was one point, though, where Aberdeen did have a claim for a penalty and it was just outside the box. It didn't stop Barry Robson moaning about it in the presser after the game and he asked why VAR didn't look at it. He had to be politely reminded by fan media that VAR doesn't look at free kicks. <laughs> I mean, I know there's been a lot of controversy with VAR this season and what does VAR look into, what does VAR not, but it clearly states in the rules that it doesn't look at free kicks outside the box. So yeah. I, I don't know why he was even asking that. Just the bitterness running through him as usual. Yeah, definitely. So Dave, the game that you want to talk about more, Saturday the 13th of May, it was a 3-0 horsing of Celtic at Ibrox. Two changes from the Aberdeen game, Suter in for Davis, we had no other option, but I was kind of wary about that given that he had previous after a bad outing against Celtic as well, which I think did knock his confidence as well. I didn't take many notes for the game because I missed part of it because I had to do an airport run, but from what I gathered and what I've seen, it was absolutely outstanding. Derek, you were talking about Suter there. I have always had my feelings that Suter, you know, it was... I know you're saying you're obviously on about the last game against Celtic where everything that happens, I kind of half put the blame on him and half put the blame on McGregor there. Just to quickly summarise from what I've got, relentless from the off, we got an early goal in the fifth minute from Cantwell after a brilliant shot from Lundstrom that was saved, spilled and in great awareness from Cantwell to pick it up and blast it in the net. Suter doubles the lead on the 34th minute with a great backwards header into the net. It was a fantastic save from McCrory after Jack lost possession no long after that there. And then I largely missed the rest of the game. From what I gathered, we kept up the pressure. Sakala made it 3-0 on the 70th minute after getting a through ball. He rounded the keeper and hit a trundler on the left side, which just snuck in. And I've seen it back, and honestly, even though I knew he'd scored it, it still looked as if it was going wide. A lot was made about the, the game, about the fact that Celtic made changes as the league was won, and it was claimed that it was effectively Celtic's B team. Five changes all in, I think they made. Now, bear in mind, we made five changes in the Aberdeen game. A wee stat for you, though, on that one. Rangers starting 11 in this game had made 189 league appearances this season. Many of them have been actually from the bench as well. Celtic starting 11 had 254 appearances. So who's who's the B team there, Dave? Derek, I actually, uh, actually had, had a, a similar conversation with a colleague who's one of them that made that comment and I was able to shut him up just by saying two things to him. That is Matondo and Sakala. That was the two things that I said to him because that was our strike force in that game against Celtic. So he he was on about players missing and I reminded him who was up front for Rangers. But the performance of the day definitely by Todd Cantwell, closely followed by Raskin had an outstanding game, but Cantwell really was relentless right from the first kick kickoff. It was an absolute joy to watch in that game, Derek. I mean, from what I've seen and from what I've been told as well from the parts I missed is that we just never let up. That's now the second or third game in a row where we've actually been the better team against Celtic. We duly got our just desserts in this game. I think we're kind of unlucky in the semi-final as well, but we were the better team. And that that's we've, we had the making of Celtic there. That was the, the good yeah. thing about it. Just a pity Ange decides to, to shit it when we were actually about to challenge him. <laughs> oh, didn't he go down that road? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it was an excellent performance. Like I said, Cantwell led by example. No, even his goal and his awareness, just his tenacity. The whole game, Derek. He was making tackles. He was chasing down the ball constantly. He looked like a man possessed. He was absolutely outstanding, and that's what we are looking for for next season, isn't it? Cantwell has been an absolute standout for us. And you know, me and you sp- spoke about it. It's actually quite scary in a very short space of time that Cantwell has become by far our best player in such a short space of time. He can only get better, Derek. Can't wait to see him next season. And I I can't remember, it's been so long ago since we've done a podcast and I can't remember if I said that, but the reason why he's became quickly a fan favourite and obviously he's got the skill to back it up is because he just goes for things. He doesn't shit out of challenges. He dishes a lot out, but he also receives a lot as well, a punishment. So, you know, it's great to see. And just that wee bit of heart and desire and effort. That's all we want in a Rangers team. If you go out there and leave it on the park every single game, that's all we're asking. Yes, 100% Derek. Couldn't agree with you more. One 
piece of thing I've got to note, Dave, and I, I'm sorry to say this because the guy, I've never met him unfortunately, but the guy seems a lovely guy and he's a fountain of knowledge, but Tom Miller really needs to give up the commentary. <laughs> I've listened to, obviously, watch RTV all the time, so I'm viewing the pictures so I can see what he's, he's looking at at the time. But obviously they've got the audio-only commentary as well for those who are inside the UK, allegedly. But I had no other option. I was driving at the time, so I stuck that on the phone on the car. And I kid you not, Dave, he's meant to be a a play-by-play commentator with the second commentator, the colour commentator, adding the wee snippets in here and there. That's the point of a cool commentator. But he was acting more like the the colour commentator and he was clearly watching the cameras rather than the park because he was talking about a passage of play where it was, I'll just make up the names, whoever it was, it was Jota to Kyogo to Maeda, Cameron Carton Vickers, he started going on about Cameron Carter-Vickers, who was actually in the stand because he was injured. Yeah. It sounded as if Carter-Vickers was passed to. He's a fountain of knowledge, a mainstay of Rangers, been there for a number of years. But for commentary terms, we need a better commentator. When we had Clive Tilsley, who was you know, a breath of fresh air for RTV in the big games. I don't know what happened there, Derek, why that broke down, but he was outstanding. Fantastic commentator for us uh, on RTV as well. I don't know if that's maybe something that can go back down the route, but, you know, you're maybe right. It's maybe time for Tom to uh, hang up the old microphone. Yeah. Anyway, next game. Sunday the 21st of May. It was a 3-1 win away against Hibs and another pretty decent performance, wasn't it? It was, yes. Two changes from the Celtic game. Interestingly, no Morellas at all. So I think the writing was on the wall at this stage here. Uh, Also as well to note, Tavernier's 400th appearance for the club. That's an incredible amount of games, isn't it? Absolutely incredible, Derek. When you think, we still see Tavernier as being a a relatively... No, no, a new player, Derek, but it doesn't seem that he's been here that long. But when you think about the amount of seasons he's actually played for Rangers, it's it's quite incredible and, and almost a you know a, a mainstay in the team ever since he started. I mean, there's not been m- many games that he has missed. Yeah, absolutely. So, as I said, it was a decent performance overall. Early on, we put pressure on Hibbs with a header off the bar in the second minute and the ball cleared off the line on the fourth minute as well. Tavernier, that main man, puts us ahead on the 32nd minute with a free kick on the left side in line with the penalty spot, placed to the near post. Shocking keeping from David Marshall, mind you. I'm not <laughs> no, outstanding execution from Tavernier. Who I think it was it was Sakala he said to, to just beforehand. Yeah. Trust me, trust and, me. Yeah. And what did he do? He knew, Brilliant. He knew exactly what, what he was going to do. No, a guy that's on top of his game just now, Derek. He, he, he really is, and just a pity that he's got nothing to show, show for it this season because he has had a fantastic season. Yeah. Hibbs had a, a chance late on in the first half where it was basically an empty net. The, the player slid in but managed to put it wide, so we're kind of lit off there. Hadji yeah. ended up making it 2-0 on the 55th minute and you could see the emotion in his face. It was the first goal since coming back. He hit a shot, I think it was rebounded, and then he, he got a, a second bite of the charity to put it in the back of the net. A great finish. Uh, just really good to see him getting off the mark there. Hibbs hit the post after that, after a great save from McCrory. 86th minute, Cantwell makes it 3-0. Another Marshall blunder, uh, you know that's just after him making a really good save from a lunch from shot just beforehand to put it out for the corner, and unfortunately, ninety third minute, Hibbs pull a goal back after a corner on the right and a free header. We had just made a few changes, bringing a couple of the youngsters in. They were involved, unfortunately, maybe a learning curve for them. Robbie McCrory was absolutely raging at this as well because I think this was going to be something like fifth game with a clean sheet, so he was really disappointed to lose that. Yeah. So. Good to see that from him there. Very much like um, McGregor-esque, that raging about losing a goal. Always good to see. Yes, no, it was, yeah, totally. And as I say, really unlucky just with the timing because I was desperate for him to have another clean sheet, Derek, but wasn't to be. No. So it was a good away win anyway. Leads into the next game, another game against Hearts. It was the last home game of the season. That was on Wednesday the 24th of May and we drew two each. Now, the day beforehand, we confirmed that Arfield 
Kellander, Ken, McGregor, Morelos would all leave at the end of the season because of their contract expiry. We also confirmed that discussions are ongoing with Davis to stay and to, to see him through his rehab from his ACL injury. So that's a great touch from the club that just to extend his contract a wee bit just to make sure he gets all sorted again. In the meantime, Arfield is, I think, going to earn MLS team. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. And rather strangely, Kent is going to Fenerbahce. Yeah, he's obviously been offered uh, a substantial amount to go there. Derek, it's not uh, where I thought he was going to end up. I thought he might have went down to England some, somewhere, but uh, no, he's decided to head to Turkey. Oh, well. I actually attended this game, Derek, the, the, the Hearts game. I uh, had the chance to, to go, uh, manage to get tickets and go. thought it would be quite a good game to go and see certain players that wouldn't be playing at Ibrox again for us. And you're about to, to get in, into the game. I'll give you my wee, my wee very brief rundown at the end of everything that happened. Well, Dave, I could have waved, waved to you as well because uh, part of the reason why we've been off air for so long is my, my, my daughter was in hospital for an operation and I was coming back for the hospital that same time the game was kicking off as well. Yeah. So I could have waved to you, Dave, but I had to drive by you instead. Yeah, that's it, mate. Always the same, eh? Yes. So, because it was the last home game of the season, McGregor and Morelis did get a start and there was a parade at the end of the game for outgoing yeah. players as well. So, a good touch that from the club. It was ultimately a meaningless game. Good to see that the fans showing their appreciation as well. Yeah. The game itself, I've never seen myself. I've not watched it back. However, I, I was again, unfortunately, listening to part of it on the drive there and back again on the, the dodgy Tom Miller commentary. <laughs> Shank, Shanklin got a goal in the first minute after a lengthy VAR check. We pulled a goal back with Cantwell just before half-time. Sakala made it 2-1 just after half-time. And to top off the just before and just after kickoffs. Hearts drew level to make it 2-2 in the injury time near just before full time and I believe it was this defensive blunders as well that, that led to the goals Yeah, it was, it was nearly all defensive blunders for all the goals that were scored Derek, like you said I, I was there, managed to see the players at the end, they all got their walk around Ibrox at the end of the game you know, the vast, vast majority of supporters stayed to say goodbye and uh, you know, the likes of Morelos and Arfield and stuff like that, just to see them all uh, in the Rangers kits for the last time. It's, uh, it was it was a, good, a nice touch, exactly like what you said, what the club did for them, allowed them to do that. Yeah, uh, just disappointing the way it's ended with, with Kent and McGregor, because they never, uh, obviously Kent, I think, was picked up a knock, uh, yeah. and they never, never featured in the last game we've got to cover, which was Saturday the 27th of May, a 3-0 win away against St Mirren. McCrory was straight back in there. Dave, I've not watched the game, I don't believe you've watched the game either. No, I couldn't, Derek, I couldn't on, on that occasion, just because the other commitments that I had, I just had to settle for watching the highlights later on that night when I came in uh, and watched it back on our TV as well. Dave, i never even done that, so it's going to be the briefest of summaries in yep. saying that Sakala scored on the 26th minute, 48th minute, and Cholak made it 3-0 on the 77th minute. Yes. Probably the I... least amount of work I've ever put into a game, Dave. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, but, so, but, but from what I saw, Derek, it was another sort of dominating performance by us and you know it was great for the likes of Sakala who seemed to have been coming on to a game but at the wrong end of the season unfortunately for him but uh, another good victory especially away from home Derek. Yeah just on Sakala there I mean people talk about Tavernier stats I think you've got to look at Sakala stats and they're actually incredible this season considering most of his appearances have been off the bench uh, same with Cholak as well you know, give them the serve. A lot of people writing our players off far too easily. You've got to appreciate with some of our players, which we'll get into when I cover the transfers shortly. You've got to appreciate that some of these players have got the talent. In fact, all of them have got the talent. They wouldn't be with us. Some of them were even, or, or a majority of them were actually playing in Europe for us. They don't just lose that talent overnight. The likes of Sakala, the likes of Cholak, they've got something. They've just been players in a bad team and the whole team has been poor the last 18 months and that's what you've got to take out of it there. Players just don't lose their skill overnight. There's a, there was a mentality thing with the players the last couple of years, so we'll just need to wait and see. However, in the table, 
played 30, won 29, drawn 5, lost 4, scored 93, conceded 37, goal difference plus 56, finished on 92 points, which I think somebody done the stats in something like six or seven of the last 10, 15 years, that would have been enough to win us yeah. the league. So just yeah. a, a, a freak yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Obviously finished second, seven behind Celtic in the end. They had a 24 goal difference better than us. Now they scored 114 goals to our 93. They conceded 34, we conceded 37. So clearly it was the amount that they scored was winning them games and we kind of lost a few games because we got last minute goals against us we just never switched on and it was always defensive blunders there was I can only off the top of my head think of maybe about three three or four goals that were actually genuine brilliant goals from the other team it was generally all defensive blunders from us yeah I know that's been that's been the frustrating thing Derek it has definitely been in, in our defence that's caused us all the problems you know, we've said a long time about certain players, Alan McGregor as well. You know, Derek, it's 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 been quite a few few players that have not been on the top of their game. But I just have a feeling I I keep saying it when when we signed John John Suter, Derek, I thought this guy will get into the team and, and that'll be him. He'll not be back out of it. And unfortunately, his his injury struck early on in his Rangers career. But I think just the last sort of five or six games that it's or sort of four, four games that he played, Derek, I think we'll see a much stronger defence for next season, especially if Suter can remain fit. Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem though. There's several players in our team that you have to use the caveat if they can stay fit. Yeah, I know. We can't keep we can't keep signing players that are like that that have got a, a history of injuries. It's the same way with Ryan Jack. Same with him. It was the same with uh, Hellander. Same with Roof. I mean, you, you, the list goes on and on. But again, that's just something we'll need to need to deal with. I, I think actually, if 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 you if you go back and look at appearances, I think you'll be quite surprised with the amount of games that Ryan Jack actually played for us last season, Derek. I think it's maybe, you know, he was injured a few times, but he wasn't as prolific in injury as he has been, and he actually played a hell of a lot of games for us. So here's hoping that's him now on, on, on the turn to start being fit all the time, if you know what I mean. So uh, we can only keep, keep our fingers crossed for that one. Yeah, so just the games to come the, the games have already arranged which is Tuesday the 18th of July it's Alan McGregor's testimonial at Ibrox against Newcastle now Newcastle are getting 8,000 fans there and I believe they've sold out their allocation already if, oh. I've, if I've got that right so that'll be a, a fantastic game there yeah. Saturday the 22nd of July the one that we've been wanting for ages at Ibrox against Hamburg something as I said the fans have been calling for for ages yeah. due to our long term ties with Hamburg yeah. so will be a, a fantastic thing there I think Rangers have organised some sort of event at Edmondson House for the night before as well for, for fans of both sets of clubs to come and, and buy tickets and meet and have a good party beforehand oh so, fantastic yeah that'll be excellent yep and then we're doing a wee trip to Germany as well not to play Hamburg again though but it's on Saturday the 29th of July and it's away to Hoffenheim Excellent. Yeah, so I'll be good there. I, I don't think Hoffenheim will, will realise what's hit it when you get a, no. a travelling, even though <laughs> it was just a friendly, you know. Exactly, yeah. Just to round out the misery of the season, I just want to kind of go into the last wee bits here for the actual terms of play. Rangers under-18s were beaten at 6-5 by Celtic in the under-18s Youth Cup final. Rangers B team lost against Celtic 4-3 on penalties in the City of Glasgow Cup final. Rangers women's team got beat. 2-0 in the Scottish Cup final against Celtic. Seems to be a wee pattern here. Yes. And to round it all off, it was a three-way fight for the Women's League going into the last game of the season. Rangers at Ibrox against Glasgow City, Celtic at Parkhead against Hearts. Now, if Glasgow City won against us, they would win the league. If Rangers win with a better result than Celtic, then we would win the league. If Celtic win with a better result than us and Glasgow City don't win, then Celtic would win. So, I think Celtic were winning 2-0 going into the last few minutes. We were getting beat 1-0. So, as it stood, Glasgow City were going to win. Then, within the last nine minutes, we equalised to go one each. Celtic get notification of this. Their stadium erupts. The taxi with the trophy of it was on its way to Parkhead. And then, I don't know if it was a VAR call or there was deliberation or anything, but a couple of minutes later... Our goal was ruled offside. The taxi changed direction. So, 
how are they going to play that one, Derek? You know, Masonic refs, but uh, it was actually chopped them off a Rangers goal. Do you know what I mean? How, how could they possibly have played that one? Well, they, they did say, oh, it was a conspiracy. So if it was that much of a conspiracy to stop Celtic winning, you know, why would we have tried to tried their hardest to equalise as well? Just, exactly, yeah. I mean, it serves them right. I mean, they were in complete uh, tears. They were absolutely heartbroken. Serves them right because in their 1-0 league win against us a few weeks beforehand, they got a goal rightly chopped off for a foul in the build-up to the, the goal. One of their players in a post-match interview, now bearing in mind they had just won the game anyway, she claimed, sometimes you have to play against refs and the opposition in this league. I mean, even the <laughs> fucking women's team are riddled with paranoia. That's how deep this goes with that club. <laughs> Certainly does. There's no other oh. club in the world that could be like that. Quite incredible. <laughs> I mean, I remember their youth team, like their under-18s and their B teams were even at it this year as well. It's just oh. fucking incredible. It really is. <laughs> But yes, well, that was a, a bit of hilarity in that there, but really a fucking shambolic season all round from the under A teams to the B team to the yeah. women's team to us. It's just, considering, you know, the, the women's team won it last year, the B team won it last year, I think the under 18s were going good as well. Obviously, we never won the league, but we won the Scottish Cup and we got into the Europa League final. A shambolic season all round. Very few highlights, Derek, let's be honest. Getting into the Champions League, absolutely massive for us. Playing in the Champions League, an absolute shambles <laughs> for us. But getting into the Champions League, maybe the reason that Michael Buell will have, you know, a transfer budget to spend this year. So we were struggling at one point. We didn't think we were actually going to get the Champions League. So that was probably the highlight of the season away back then beating PSV and, and getting into the group stages but anything after that Derek's been a bit of a disaster hasn't it? I mean Dave I know we've had this discussion before and it did it did kind of get raised on, on social media as well with other podcasts is yes we're Rangers we want to be playing in the elite competitions but as we've seen as Celtic's seen as they've seen for the past however many years we get horsed in the Champions League even when we think we've got a decent group which by all intents purposes, before the season kicked off, we thought we were going to have a decent group. Who would have thought Napoli were going to be like they were? But I want to win a European competition in my lifetime, Dave. We've just seen what happened there with West Ham. Yes, it's a lesser competition technically, but the way the restructuring is going to happen, it's going to get better teams in it. It's a shame the way we have to effectively lose the next qualifying games to get into it, but... I want to see us win a European competition. There's an, an avenue there for getting past this next qualifying round, getting beaten in the playoffs, get £5 million compensation, we drop into Europa League group stages. It's not the £17 million we would automatically get, but it's a start and it's a better chance of winning something or getting far and getting that exposure, Dave. I know the Champions League brings a whole lot of other things just by playing it, like you can command more money for sponsorship because you're getting that bigger exposure in the biggest league. Same with players. Oh, you're playing in the biggest European league. We, we want to play that as well. We'll come here. So it is a bit of swings and roundabouts, but from a purely competition point of view, I want us to, and to win, win something. And Champions League is never going to happen for us. The problem with that, Derek, being is if we don't get into the Champions League and Celtic do, regardless how well they do, they're always going to be getting more money brought in than we are. That's that's the big issue that we've got, regardless how far you get in the Europa League, the Champions League group stages are still going to be more money than getting you know really far in the Europa League. That is always going to be the issue, and I see what you mean. But we still have to be, you know, I still want to see us being champ champions of our country, Derek, and being the top team in our country. That's what we've got to aim for, first and foremost. And if our biggest rivals in the team that's beaten us in the league are getting into the Champions League every season and pocketing that 25 or whatever, get guaranteed million for getting there each time and we're maybe getting... Three and four million for getting into the group stages of the Europa League. It's it's no good enough. So I do understand what what you say, 
but at the same time when it comes to our actual club and being successful on the field in Scotland we need to be getting that Champions League money in every season so it's a bit of both there isn't it uh, absolutely one of these things about playing in a backwater league isn't it but yeah. that's the actual play rounded up for the season um, Dave there's not much else we can say about that so we'll now go into the news so we've been busy in the transfer market straight away Dave haven't we even before yeah. the season had finished we're making, yeah. making waves in it however you know how I feel about you know all the rumours that happen as well, Dave. But I'm going to I'm going to leave my thoughts to one particular tweet that I seen from at AMG eighteen seventy two. He summed it up perfectly. Rangers transfer rumour season used to be class. Now it's just full of dildos that think they know better because they play football manager and look at transfer market now and again. Get the season started, man. I can't be arsed with this. Was that you that wrote that? <laughs> no, it wasn't, unfortunately. But it sums my feeling up perfectly. I mean, we're going to get into it with who we've signed as well. Bill. Some of the takes, Dave, is just fucking tiresome. Just We have signed world-class players, genuine world-class players, and they've been shit for us. We've signed absolutely nobodies, and they've been outstanding. You're never going to know how a player plays until he gets into the team, until he starts playing. Every player, no matter how big or small, is a risk. Stats only tell you one side of the story, don't they? And if unless you're looking at their leagues constantly, seeing he is actually a fucking dud, then you're never going to understand how he's going to fit into our team and how he's going to play. So, Derek, how do you think Sam Lammers is going to do? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be shite. What I was going to say, Derek, is the usual transfer rumours has been very different this year because we've been so active in the transfer market that there's not really been that much chance for there to be rumours because we're just signing the players rather <laughs> than them being rumours for, for weeks and weeks. But no, I completely uh, agree with what you're saying. We don't know how certain players are going to turn out. We can only go, we, we, we can only project what we think that they're going to be just by what they've been doing in the last few seasons. But as you just quite rightly said there, with your statement a minute ago, with the standard of the league that we are playing in, I would like to think that anyone that's played at a, you know, in one of these leagues that are much higher standard than ours would come to Scotland and do very well. So, uh, But I'll let you get into everybody who has actually signed Derek, and there's quite a few, which is very promising. Yeah, just on the last point there, Todd Cantwell is a case in point. You know, he wasn't playing very well with when, when Norwich and I don't think he was getting much a game. And look at him, he's a superstar for us pretty much now. But anyway, yes, on pre-contracts we're signing Kieran Dow from Norwich on a three-year deal, 25-year-old midfielder. Dujon Sterling from Chelsea on a four-year deal, 23-year-old defender. I believe he's a right-back but can play in the centre, so yep. it'll be interesting to see where he slots in. Is yep. he going to be a centre-back or is he going to be genuine competition for Tav? Mm -hmm. Does that mean Tav might go further forward like I've been asking for for ages? I don't know. We've also signed Jack Butland from Crystal Palace on a four-year deal. 30-year-old keeper. He turned down a lucrative money to sit in the stands as the number three, so a, state, a statement of intent for him. On that basis, you would think he was going to be our number one. Disappointing yeah. for Robbie McCrory, however, because you would thought he was he's certainly earned a chance at least. However, I do think he's likely to step into the number two role and he's young enough to have, even if he's sitting for another two or three years as number two, I think he's still in his mid-twenties, he's got plenty of years left in him. Yeah, definitely. Sam Lammers as well, you just mentioned him there from Atalanta, reported to be around £3.5 million as a striker. As I said, he's a lot's been made about his stats or the lack of them. Let's just see how he does. One player not coming in, however, is PFA Premiership Young Player of the Year, Malik Tillman. Now, we had apparently agreed a fee of around £5 million odd for him and had first refusal as part of the loan deal. We tried to negotiate, apparently. I don't think he wanted to come in the end. He wanted to try and fight for his place in Bayern. Bayern have kind of done the dirty on us as well and they've cancelled that first, uh, first refusal thing. And this is where it gets confusing because they've cancelled it They've also given us £1 million compensation as a cancellation fee and also 10% of any fee Bayern bank from selling them this summer. So obviously Bayern clearly think they can get more for them, but I've never heard anything like this before for a player on loan. Never. 
Never heard that at all, Derek. So is it a gesture of goodwill? Was there something, was there a, a, some sort of contract written up in these? This was the small print that was put in by Rangers with regards to the loan. I've, I've never heard anything like this before either. Derek, now, I, I think we, me, me and you were in agreement that we would have liked to have signed Tillman, considering he was one of the sort of bright sparks of the team last year. Uh, it's not to be, but as I say, for getting compensation for a player that's not even ours is, <laughs> is quite incredible, and a, a, a selling fee as well. Very, very bizarre, but I'll take that in, any day of the week, Derek. No, I think we've kind of won out of that. I know the, yeah. I know the thing about oh, if we had signed them for five million pound, we might have sold them for twenty million pound in a few years' time. But I think Ryan Kent is a case in point. Yeah. That doesn't always happen, and now there is this trend of, of players running down their contracts so that they yeah. can command a bigger, bigger wage on the yeah. other side. So, yeah. but anyway, what do you think of the the players? I mean, I don't know much about them to be honest, but no. they all seem to come with certainly decent reputations. The only one I, I can't comment on Dowell uh, or Lammers or Sterling, but the one thing I'll say about Jack Butland, Derek, he's certainly got the pedigree to come in and be an outstanding goal, goalkeeper for us. You know, ex England international played in the, pre the the Premiership a lot of games there, so uh, absolutely delighted. And you know, I'm not having a go at Alan McGregor but we've spoken about it for a long time but he certainly in the last two seasons he looks on paper to be a huge upgrade in the goalkeeping position for us so really pleased with that one and I've got a sneaky suspicion there's going to be quite a few more players coming in because if you think about it when it actually comes to transfer money it's only been money paid out for Lammers so far so we'll wait and see Derek, you know me, I love a transfer rumour when it comes to Rangers, absolutely love it, it keeps me going through the through the pre-season and, and stuff like that, but uh, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Yeah, absolutely. A weird one here as well though, one player returning from a season-long loan and the, and the loanee club not exercising their buy clause is Matthias Zikowski. He only made a two sub-appearances for Lech Poznan, so uh, a bizarre one there. I don't know if we're going to try and offload him, but, you know, he's a right-back. Yeah. We've been crying out for for cover as well, so... Exactly, we, yeah. Should we keep him? I don't know. And also, we, we hinted at it as well, Ryan Jack has signed a year's extension, was set to expire in the summer, but as we all kind of expected, it was offered the year's extension. But again, that's one of the ones that, stay, that comes under if he stays fit. Outgoings now, so far. Academy exits, which is a bit disappointing for some of them. Kai Kennedy, Tony Weston, Murray Miller, Kevin Chayabuturu, I think that's his name, um, Charlie Lindsay, Lewis McKinnon, Kelsey Ewan, Harley Ewan and Alex Kapke. Really, really disappointed about Kai Kennedy and Tony Weston going because they were apparently the shining lights, especially yeah. Kennedy. I know he went out on loan. It kind of does call into question our academy setup. I mean, I know we're never going to be able to bleed two or three superstars through every single season, but I would like us to actually see us selling players, even if it was only for a few hundred thousand, especially with the likes of Kai Kennedy, Tony Wesson. They were, you know, from what I've seen, I've seen a couple of the, the B-team games, they were the standouts. At the same time, this happens the football world over. These supposedly shining bright stars don't come to anything. So it's maybe a case of our perceptions maybe skewed of it because there's more focus and more coverage on the academy than, than ever before. Yeah, as you say, for, for Kennedy, he's been an absolute star playing for Falkirk. I know it's been the, the first division in Scotland he's been playing in, but he's been absolutely outstanding for them. And, you know, the, the other name you, met, you mentioned there, Weston, I mean, he was a player that was tipped to... You know, come in and go into the first team at some point. I know he had a few appearances as a sub, not last season, but the season before. But, you know, really uh, unfortunate for, for those two players. And you've just got to hope that all these young guys can go on and find clubs and have, you know, really, really good careers. But unfortunately, it's not to beat Rangers. No. 
Uh, one thing, though, that we did get a fee for is Kane Richie Hostler has signed for Dunfermline. He was on a season-long loan with them, an undisclosed fee, so at least we're going to get something, but God knows how much there is there. However, we will get a wee Brucey bonus, though, because Ross McCrory has signed for Bristol City from Aberdeen. Uh, it's reported that we're going to get around £200,000 uh, for the sell-on clause, because I think it was £2 million they got plus add-ons. So, um, good for Ross McCrory good for us yeah de- definitely you know a, a guy that's pr- probably been one of Aberdeen's best players since he left us and you know a player that, that, that we did you know rate Derek I mean I was surprised that he did go uh, at the time but good to see him going down and you know have, having a shot at playing in the championship in England hopefully as well absolutely We've also said that we are willing to listen to offers for Kamara however we're looking for around about £5 million for him I mean, I think we'll be lucky to get anywhere near that, given that his form has plummeted in the last 18 months. One thing, though, that's been overlooked in his form, though, is that he's, if I'm right in the timing, I think ever since the Cadell incident, he's, uh, his form has completely dipped. Well. So has that maybe had a wee bit more effect on him than we're actually given credit for? Possibly, Derek. The one thing I did notice, he scored uh, for Finland the other night on international duty. So, I mean, that's always good co- coverage for a player. You know, if, if we are trying to sell him, a guy that's, uh, you know, ever-present in, internationally for for his country and scoring as well. So, I will wait and see what develops there. Yep. So, going on to the more mainstream news now, Dave, there'll be a lot more transfer talk. The window's open till, is it the end of August, I think? Yeah. Yep, yeah, so, so plenty, plenty of time to go for both ingoings and outgoings. So, I uh, certainly a, a lot more players linked with us as well. I think you know me, Dave. Uh, and, until they're waving that that <laughs> scarf and they're wearing the top at Ibrox or the training facility, I don't believe anything. Well, I I do think that that one did. That was the one that was uh, that that was getting a lot of talk. Was the guy dressers who is playing in Italy? He's a Nigerian striker. Don't know anything about him, Derek, I'll be honest with you. But as I say, Derek, when we look at the two players that Michael Beale has brought in already in Raskin and Cantwell and see that they two have, you know, vastly improved the team and went to be, you know, two of our best players, uh, we've got to put our trust in him that he knows the type of players that he's looking for and here's hoping he gets a few more and, you know, the vast majority of them are all hits. Yeah, it's just a case I will need to get rid of a good few players as well, though, still. I know that it was obviously the five that went out, but we still need to kind of cut the, the, the squad down because it was far too bloated as well. One thing of note, though, is it's really interesting that it seems to be that Beal has been the one that's going out and speaking to the players, which is, is, a, is a change as well. That's kind of going back to the Walter Smith days of managers taking in charge of it. Obviously, we've not got a director of football now, so it was a good touch from Beal. I think it was um, Lammers that said, I think, that Beal came out and, and visited them as well. So, interesting. Definitely, yes. No, it's, it's good that he's doing that. I don't know if I've heard a few quotes that he wants to look players in the eye to see if they, you know, they're genuinely interested or not. So if that's the way doing things for him, then, as I say, he's been successful so far with the two guys that he's brought in. So here's hoping that that's uh, exactly what he's done with the rest of them. Yes. So moving on now, our greatest ever player and current MBE John Gregg has been awarded the CBE in the right. King's first birthday honours list so you know good to see the King keeping it in the family <laughs> No absolutely tremendous news for John Gregg there getting uh, you, you know the recognition that we all think that uh, you, you know he deserves it's a fantastic occasion for him and for the club as well so not tremendous stuff Yep. Season tickets for the forthcoming season have sold out for the eighth year in a row. Haven't said official numbers, but I think it's between 45 and 48,000. So incredible again. We've got something like 14,000 on the waiting list as well, which is mental. Yes, it will be. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's getting back to, you know, the, the, the times when I was younger, Derek, and you were tough, you know, years uh, waiting before you could get a season ticket. So it's great for for the club to know that, you know, even if they're going to have, have to put prices up and stuff like that, that they've got so many people waiting to get tickets as well. So, no, it's very encouraging. 
my first daughter has got a lot to answer for because I gave up my season ticket because of her. Right. So, yeah. Derek, I done exactly the same when my daughter Kate came along as well. So there you go, exactly the same circumstances. Oh, so, oh, so it wasn't until your daughter came along yet you had your your son first, ah? You yeah. never gave it up then, Dave. Ah. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing here is the new home top was released. It was unfortunately leaked a day before it went on sale, but as always, um, as always it certainly wasn't uh, leaked by Sports Direct anyway, which was which was a change from it anyway. I quite like the top. Um, not at seventy pound though. I know it's allegedly the going rate for for tops, but it's absolutely ridiculous cost now. Um, the boxed sponsorship on the sleeve is smaller and better too. Uh, I think that was on the back of what fans wanted. And uh, we obviously it was on the back of us renewing our sponsorship with them for the upcoming season as well. We've also sought, swapped the training top and playing top sponsors around from 32 Red to Unibet. It's yeah. all to do with the Kindred Group who own them both and their 0% mission to bring 0% of its revenue from harmful gambling. So yeah. uh, they're the only betting company that do that apparently. So that's that's really good to see. And next thing. Malky Thompson has left his post as women's head coach. He'll return to his position within the club's academy. He's actually asked to do the women's role in the first place, but he's obviously overseen the the whole transformation of the women's team and making them part of the professional outfit within Rangers. Yeah, yep. No, it's... Uh... I, I don't know what that's go, go, going to mean for him, you know, if it's anything to do with sort of overall club as in the full, full club or not, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what, what happens with that one. Yep. Next thing, a couple of director changes here. Long-term finance and football admin director Andrew Dixon has left, as has the finance director Kenny Barclay. Now, I think Andrew Dixon has been there for 20 years or something like that. Apparently, we're also now looking for a new chief financial officer to take up the finance role. So it sounds to me, I'm reading between the lines here, it looks as if both the kind of director's roles are going to be amalgamated following their departures. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. More people leaving Derek. There's been a hell of a lot of movement in the back room, hasn't there? Over the past few months, still a lot of murmurings about potential takeovers and things like that. Which again, is, is you know you hear these things a lot, but there's there just seems to be a hell of a lot of movement there and people leaving behind the scenes. So again, it's just one to to keep an eye on there. Yep. So Dave. We've do another podcast and another story of legal wranglings going on. Rangers are, have been back in court as we're being sued for £338,000. It relates to the use of kiosk payment systems and sponsorship deals. So it's a convoluted story involving one company using its sister company's inferior equipment, not doing the maintenance of the equipment properly and the non-fulfillment of sponsorship deals and payments. So God knows what it's, it's all about. <coughs> Decision will be made apparently in August. They've heard done all the hearings for it, so we're just waiting on a judge's decision on that one there. But it doesn't seem we're able to get away from from any sort of court action against us these days. I was about to say, Derek, every time we bring out a podcast, there's a new court case on the horizon. So this is just another one to go. I'm starting to lose track. Uh, Again, we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that one. It's like a fucking episode of Judge Rinder, so it is. More court information here, not directly related to Rangers. However, ever the chancer, Craig White and his legal team have dropped the £500,000 lawsuit against the Crown Office for malicious prosecution. So, interesting the fact that obviously the, the Duffin Phelps folk and uh, Charles Green and Imram Ahmad have all been successful, yet Craig White has dropped his Wonder case. That. Yes. yes. Wonder Wonder why. Exactly. Next thing here, the first of James Bisgrove's quarterly fans forum meetings was held, so it was open to season ticket holders, MyJers members and supporters clubs. Two-way communication with questions submitted beforehand, around 400 people attended. A report will be published online by the club uh, later on. We've also published our engagement stat- strategy as well, so ultimately the proof will be in the pudding. I hope if the club do go against some fans' wishes and some things, it doesn't have the usual fans spouting off about 
oh, the club don't listen, etc., etc. But from the brief things I've read about the what's came from it, as it seems to have been a success, a lot of different things mentioned uh, about the the Levy Group, and we retain seventy four percent of the profits made from it. There's going to be certain sections they're trialing out and um, pre order your food uh, for half time, and there'll be certain collection points. Full fat cola is coming back. I never <laughs> knew it was away to be honest. <laughs> Various things, obviously, about the disabled section. I'll get published in due course. There'll be more details out. One of the things as well is that we're talking about expanding the stadium and they've yeah. done some, some costing about that. So the, the there's, there's plans to either drop the pitch, which is going to cost something like £20 million. You could fill in partial corners more. Uh, yes. to, to do that you could take away the screens and fill the yeah. full corners mm-hmm. so there's various options there which is good already the same fucking moans on online about personally i'd rather have investing the money in a players right now rather than stadium expansion well here's the thing and it's the same with edmonston house and we've had the same argument time and time again the playing staff will always every single season need investment you will never get away from that so when will be the best time to do yeah. these things which will generate revenue for the club people moan the fact that you can't get tickets we've got 14,000 fans on a waiting ticket list yep. for season well, they- tickets there's another you know yep. 7,000 tickets season tickets yeah. you could sell yeah. there's more money probably, for players probably, you know probably more than that Derek if they were able to do all of the expansions that they've been talking about as well it would be nearly an extra 10,000 seats if that was what they were going for which you know is absolutely massive in revenue absolutely massive and you know as, as, as you say there's you know a, a huge chunk of money coming in every single season if we manage to, to, to do that so no I'm all for it Anybody that complains about that is very, very short-sighted. And they've got to understand as well that we're already on a financial fair play watch list. We cannot just go spend money after money after money. See, the big teams like Chelsea, Man City, they can all get away with it. But, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they get away with it because they've, they hold the power chips in, in Europe. In financial terms, we're a very, very small fish in that respect. So... We can't try and get away with things like that. What the people have got to understand is, yes, you could spunk £25 million on five or six players, but then if we don't have the income to back that up, we are going to be fucked for financial fair play. And believe me, they will fuck us over, unlike Chelsea. But see, if you spend that £25 million on infrastructure, it doesn't come off financial fair play because it's part of infrastructure. So... It's not going to make any difference to to, to the actual spending of the, the players there. So it's a very short-sighted term that, yes, we're Rangers, we want to win everything, we've got to win every game. I'm fed up fucking saying the same thing time and time again. But it's a short-sighted to not see that if you can generate revenue in the long term, it's going to have a longer-term benefit for the club. A hundred percent, Derek. And we've been crying out for this for years to get those corners filled in at least it you know to give us an extra two three thousand fans in there but if we're able to go and and get the pitch lowered as well to put an extra rosy seats in there as well i mean that's absolutely incredible so no i'm all for it i really hope that we manage to do it i'd love to see ibrox that size i think it'd be incredible and uh, you know bring it on yep absolutely Bizgrove also previously was doing the, the whole media tour in the last few weeks as well. He announced that they were looking into the feasibility of safe standing and talks will be had. He confirmed that talks will be had with Celtic over allocation of our games. It won't change next season due to season ticket and it won't be going back to the 8,000. They got again confirmed that tonight. Quite honestly, see this whole clamber for the 8,000 for Celtic and all that kind of shit. I don't care about this spectacle about old firm games and, and how it looks outside of Scotland. The SFA undervalue and undermarket us, as does Sky due to the SFA. Celtic refuse to use our name or talk about the old firm, and honestly, I want nothing to do with that shameful and disgusting club. I'm fed up talking about it. It's the same moans time and time again, Dave. It's just another rod for all of the haters to hit us with, Derek. Let's be perfectly honest with you. It's the same people all the time that are putting their digs in, and it's just to have another go at Rangers. Basically, all it is, it's a great excuse for, for, for them to say it. 
I was actually quite disappointed in the likes of Ali McCoyston that that also said as well that he was disappointed that nothing had been worked out. I realised that Ali's, you know, the position that he's in and talk sport that he's got to try and be a sort of a wee bit un- unbiased, but it's uh, no, I was quite, quite d- d- disappointed in that. I'm the same as you, Derek. I think that they should be grateful of what, what, what we give them. We should be looking after our own fans first, people that are desperate to go in and, and, and watch the games. And, you know, if they want to be, you, you know, do exactly the same as what we do, then f- fair enough, they can do whatever they want. But look after our own fans first, Derek, before anything else. See if we end up, you know, do expanding the stadium by nearly 10,000. Yeah, I would say maybe look into not certainly not the 8,000, but maybe do the European allocation. But I'm quite happy with it being 800 fans, you know. Yeah. But again, I'm maybe coming from a different point of view where I'm not attending the games. People who attend the games want the atmosphere. So yeah. well, I can see it from both sides of you that, that there. But I would much rather have our fans filling the stadium, yeah. season ticket money yeah. coming in because they can now sell yeah. that stand. There you go. Anyway, another significant thing about the stadium expansion, the scheduling for the disabled facilities and access has been agreed. So this summer and the next two summers, work's going to be taking place. This summer, structural works in the Broomland and Copeland stands. So it's basically extending concourses and more accessible kiosk points and changes to make the accessible lift platforms. Next summer, season ticket holders will be affected, so they will be consulted in due course. It'll be the creation of platforms, construction of cantilevers and then in two summers time it's going to be the Sandy Jardin stand again with season ticket folders being affected and consulted, uh, it'll be again the construction of platforms I mean seats will be lost insta- initially but by the time that it's all completed I think there'll be something like a couple of thousand more seats within Ibrox as well plus as well the much much needed better disabled access yeah. and seats for, for those people in wheelchairs as well no, brilliant news. I'm glad that that's now finally go, going ahead, Derek. Disabled supporters have been needing um, better facilities for a long, long time now to be in line with a, a lot of other uh, sta- stadiums around Europe. So that's fantastic news for them. And, uh, you know, another great p- p- piece of business by the club and great, great work for them to get that done. Yep. On the note about seats as well, as I'm sure I read a tweet somewhere that the company that restores plastic seating have said that they've began to work on Ibrox also. They basically take a flamethrower to weather-worn plastic seating to make it look like new. I might be wrong in that one there, but I'm sure I've seen that on online somewhere. All right, okay. So certainly there was a couple of pictures that I seen from Ibrox when it was like the publicity ones for Bisgrove getting announced and some of the seats do look pretty shoddy. They're all kind of light blue colour so it'd be good to get them restored if not replaced. Next thing about more construction issues is they have confirmed that the museum will open on Monday the 31st of July. So those that purchased Edmiston House supporters package will be given the first opportunity to purchase tickets. I mean, they've already paid a shit ton of money for that package, so I thought they'd be getting it in for zero anyway for the first time. But nonetheless, uh, it's good to see it's opening. Rangers have said that some of the stuff from the the trophy room will be getting moved into there as well to tell the, the greater story of the 150 years. Oh, that's incredible. I'm very impressed with uh, Edmondson House, Derek, for, for what I saw of it. I was inside the the club shop, which was in there. I got a coffee as well, stood out in the balcony, you know, watching other supporters walking past. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite a spectacular sight. And uh, inside, which unfortunately I didn't have a ticket for, the big massive open bar area inside looks absolutely cracking. So that's something that I'll definitely have, have to do at some point. Yep. Next thing here is something that really excites me. Being a big foodie, Rangers have partnered up with none other than Gordon <laughs> Ramsay. A new hospitality lounge with menu by Gordon Ramsay is opening up as well as some of his signature dishes going onto the menu at the Blue Sky Lounge. Now, Dave, this is an absolute mega deal. He's arguably the best chef in the world. Yep. Certainly a worldwide name and the exposure that this will bring us should be immeasurable. I mean, just someone googling them from America, they'll end up, you know, it'll be part of his website as well, and they'll see, oh, he has a restaurant in Glasgow, Ibrox. That was better of an American accent there. <laughs> I'm an American Dude. citizen. I watch this golf shot. 
Derek, has anybody ever told you that your impressions are absolutely dreadful? Many, many times, Dave, but that will not stop me. <laughs> no, <laughs> getting, getting back to that, Derek. He uh, it's uh, a fantastic tie-in. He's always sort of said that there's always been a lot of things said about him and his connection to Rangers and stuff like that, but finally there is an actual genuine connection, not just to do with him being a you know, an ex-player or, you know, a trialist or, or, or whatever it is. I know that's still in the debate that he actually played for, for Rangers or not. So, no, absolutely fantastic. As you say, by far the most famous chef in the world, a TV celebrity all over the world as well. So, uh, you know, tremendous. And if it's going to bring in some mega business for the club, then uh, I'm all for it. Superb. Yes, I mean, I've been very fortunate to go to two of his restaurants, so certainly if that's any of the standard to look at, then it's going to be brilliant there. Yeah. Next thing here is we have announced that we will not be entering the B team into the Lowland League for the coming Mm. season and beyond. This comes after the SFA's decision to withdraw a vote on the proposed introduction of a conference league into the fifth tier of the pyramid. We have stated that we're an advocate for having B teams in the professional league and we've went on to say that as matters now stand there is no suitable governing body led structure for players between the ages of 18 to 21 in Scotland. Now here's the thing. It's unclear if the B teams would lead to better development for more young players coming through and through the ranks in Scotland, but we have to try something. As usual, the SFA sit in their ivory tower and do SFA. Do they think because the national team are having a bit of relative success just now that everything's fine? I mean, it's a farce as usual. We're trying to move the game forward, but as ever, because a lot of these proposals are coming from us, it's kiboshed before things even get off the ground. It really is a dereliction of duty from the SFA. You know, Rangers bring out a start where it was in the last World Cup, the top 10 teams, or the top 10 nations, all had B teams in their main professional leagues. So it must have some benefits. If anything, you know, it was bringing these lowland leagues a lot of money. Derek, that was the point that I was just about to make there. I know my local team, uh, East Stirling Shire, who play at the Falkirk Stadium. I've been a few times this season to watch them play in the in, in the, the, the Lowland League, and you're lucky if there's maybe about 200 fans in the stadium. But when Rangers are playing there, you know, you're talking, you know, a couple of thousand supporters that are there. That's a massive amount of supporters for the likes of East, East Stirlingshire. It'll be exactly the same for all the other clubs in the Lowland League as well. So another... Missed opportunity there. It's for the, the lower leagues of Scottish football. That's absolutely huge. And but what, what happens now, though, Derek? That's the thing, you know, because there's got to be something for these uh, guys that are in that age bracket that maybe not good good enough yet to play for the main team, but are good enough to be playing at that level. What does it mean? Do we just have to loan out every single one of these young players now for them to get game time? It's just an absolute farce, complete farce, as you say. Trust the SFA to, to, to make a balls up of something like that that was actually, you know, for the good of Scottish football and they've, they've completely fucked it up. I mean, I understand individual teams not being happy about it because they might get kicked out the Lowland League or drop down a tier or whatever. Somebody would probably lose out at some point. But, you know, they were quick enough to to do a 12-team Premiership League and, and the stupid fucking split and all that stuff. And... And then, you know, do the whole merging of the SFL and the SPL at the time. And uh, it's just nothing is changing with, with Scottish football. And oh. they're, they're just refusing both any of our suggestions or to do something in- innovative like yeah. su- summer football, for God's sake. You know, bright, we, we live in a, a country that we've generally got bad weather and we get games cancelled all the time because of waterlogged or frozen pitches. You've got a shitty TV deal. You could command better sponsorship and better TV rights if you move to summer football. You know, it's just things. Try outside of the box thinking. They just don't want to do it. So the last kind of Rangers news here I've got here is, and I don't know why we're even covering this considering how how shambolic a season I've been, but the Player of the Year awards got held. Now, for the third year in a row, I believe it is, Tavernier won the Sam English Bowl. I mean, it just—it's a fucking dereliction of how bad their strikers have been over the last few years. The yeah. fact that Tavernier has been the top scorer for the yeah. for three years in a, in a row there. Yep. 
Goal of the season, Cholak's winner against PSV. I think that was more to do with the significance of yeah. getting us to the Champions League group stages. Yeah. Uh, that was fans voted as well. Players play, Player of the Year, Tavernier. The John Gregg Achievement Award, a great touch by nomin- uh, for giving it to Jimmy Bell this season. The Academy Player of the Year, that was Aaron Lyle. Also, the B-Team Player of the Year, voted by the teammates. Men's Player of the Year by the supporters was Tavenier. Women's Player of the Year by her teammates, Sam Kerr. And the Women's Player of the Year by the supporters, Brogan Hay. So, uh, yeah, Player of the Year for a shambolic season, but one of these things you have to do, isn't it? Exactly, yes. So the last piece of news I've got here is that magnificent bastard Graham Souness and and his Relay team completed their charity swim across the English Channel. They raised over £1 million for charity Deborah, which helps in people suffering from the horrible disease, butterfly skin disease, I think it's colloquially called. So um, absolutely incredible from Graham Souness. The guy's 70 for God's sake and he's doing things like that. Absolutely amazing. Mr. Indestructible, absolutely fantastic, Derek. He was very, uh, you could actually see he was very emotional. Any time he's talked about his charity there, so delighted for him. And an absolutely massive amount of money that he's raised there. So absolutely fantastic. Great achievement. Yes. So, hotel guest wakes up to manager sucking on his toes in bed. A hotel guest is planning to sue a hotel chain after he woke up in the night to find a member of staff sucking on his toes. (laughs) Peter Brennan from Texas was staying overnight in the Hilton downtown Nashville Hotel on the 30th of March for a work conference. However, his night's sleep was allegedly interrupted around 5am when hotel employee David Neal, 52, let himself into Brennan's room. According to Nashville Metropolitan Police, he had cloned a keycard to let himself in. And when Mr. Brennan woke up, found his toes were in Neil's mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mr. Brennan said, I instantly jumped up and was screaming. Went into sort of a fact-finding mode. Who are you? Why are you in my room? What are you doing here? I don't think I would be going into fact-finding mode. It would be fucking Bruce Lee mode I would be going into. (laughs) I could... He went, Mr. Brennan went on to say, I could see he was wearing a uniform. He had his name tag on. He was talking to me, but not giving me some substantive answers. Neil, who is reportedly the night manager of the hotel, claimed he entered the room because he could smell smoke, but no other guests or staff could report smelling smoke that night. He was arrested in his hometown of Lebanon, Tennessee, and was charged with aggravated burglary and assault. Assault for sucking somebody's toe. There you go. That old ch- that old chestnut, eh? He let himself in because he could smell smoke. <laughs> His feet must have been burning then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Another so, bizarre story, Derek. There you go. Yes. So, on that note, we will end the podcast. <laughs> so, Dave, it might be a wee while again before we're back. It will be, Derek, because, you know, surprise, surprise, I'm away on holiday next week. Oh, whoopie do for you. <laughs> oh, some things that never change your enthusiasm for my holidays, Derek. Whoopie do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we will be away for a wee while. Obviously, we've got the friendlies coming up. Um, we've been a bit absent on Twitter lately as well. Do you know something, Dave? There has been several times over the last few weeks I've been on Twitter and I've just seen folk comment and I've been like, Holy, and, and generally I would comment and I'm like I can't be bothered with this anymore it's it's just so tiresome That's both my own fucking Twitter and, and our Twitter we've got here as well but I do keep a close eye on it Derek but I'm still getting fed up here reading tweets about fucking Covid vaccines and, and, and stuff like that that's really doing my head and I still can't believe that I'm still reading about stuff like that and a lot of stuff obviously to do with politics, which really isn't my thing. So, you know, for God's sake, get the football back as quick, quickly as possible so I've actually got some de- decent things to look at on Twitter. Yeah, so Dave normally kind of monitors Twitter just to make sure I've no pain and stupid on it again. So, <laughs> You're no, not laughing in the slightest. 
<laughs> but yes, we will comment on Twitter if there's any new signings or anything like that as well. So Dave and I might be trying to organise some sort of uh, live broadcast Twitter when we're, we're doing one of the friendlies as well. But Dave's uh, Dave's away on holiday that often. We might not get a chance to do that. So we'll, we'll see. It'll be a bit of fun anyway and it'll be all broadcast and, and details will be put out if we manage to get that done. So... It'll be just us talking shite as usual. So yeah, exactly. Just just part part of normal, Derek. Yeah. So all that's left to say is enjoy your summer, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye, folks. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Just a place yourself. Rangers are